Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. All right, this week we're going to be talking about how Trump is still not conceding the election. Uh, we have some good and bad COVID news. And as always, happy news and troop deployments. Uh, our first news story of the week is that it is now, uh, what, almost three weeks after the election and Trump still has not conceded. Um, he's not really doing much other than hiding out in, in the White House and tweeting crazy things and sending Rudy Giuliani out to try to uh, file court cases, which is going predictably terribly because Ju- Rudy Giuliani is a terrible lawyer. The, well, I mean, that's not all he's doing. He's also trying to rile up the, uh, I don't know, the populist right and sounds like doing kind of a decent job of it. There's apparently a contingent of the U.S. that literally believes this election is um, illegitimate. It has been stolen, and I don't know. Uh, they might have to do something about it. I'm not sure what the end game here is. Yeah. Uh, the best take on the object level question of how the election has been resolved, uh, I think, came from the um, uh, the We Are Not Saved podcast, uh, where uh, Jeremiah basically argues that Biden won either by getting more votes or by having a deep state that supports him with enough power that they can successfully pull off a coup of this magnitude. And if it is the latter one, then even though he didn't quote-unquote legitimately win, it still means that he has a massively powerful deep state, and at the end of the day, power comes from having things like a massively powerful deep state. And so regardless of, like, even if there was massive election fraud, which to be clear, there definitely wasn't, then the right thing for Trump to do is concede and focus on, you know, literally anything else to try to prepare for 2024 instead of, you know, trying to fight the guy who beat him either by getting more votes or by having the more powerful massive conspiracy yeah i i mean i i kind of wish we had a deep state because that would mean somebody was in charge uh pretty sure i'm pretty sure we don't and that nobody's nobody competent is running anything i mean we do have a deep state in just like the trivial sense of yeah there's some unelected bureaucrats we do have a civil service (laughs) yes uh that is like designed to not be able to be fired uh, but I, I don't think they, uh, they're in the business of rigging elections. Well, not American elections. The well, sure, foreign countries, you know, have at it. Uh, but yeah, the, the, uh, all the allegations of uh, voter fraud are seemingly just completely ridiculous. Like not even any, any shred of evidence to support them. I think thirty out of thirty lawsuits filed by. Uh, Trump's team have been dismissed by the courts in uh, in the lower courts because they just can't come up with anything that that suggests any kind of fraud. And at least one senator is uh, pushing for disbarment of several of Trump's lawyers in the states where they filed for frivolous uh, abuse of the law courts or whatever. I don't know if that's if there's anything that will come from that or if it's just a publicity thing for him. But yeah, I support that. 
Um, you know, I'm a, when I when I got my law license, you know, you uh, there are ethics rules that lawyers have to follow, and one of them is that you can't file frivolous lawsuits. If you have a client that wants you to file a lawsuit and there's no good evidence behind it, um, then you have to say no. That's that's part of attorney ethics. So I think these attorneys should be disbarred because they're they're filing lawsuits based on nothing just to keep their client happy. That's exactly what you're not supposed to do as an attorney. Yeah, I mean the the American Bar Association is like a a cronyist conspiracy to keep the uh price of lawyers high and uh, we love them for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but like if they're going to exist and justify their existence by saying that there's ethics rules that they need to enforce, then can they at least do their job as they say their job is? Please? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is one of those situations where if it was anybody but Trump, this would already be happening. Like I, you know, I get crazy clients. I get clients that want me to file crazy things, and I tell them no, we can't do that because it's a frivolous lawsuit. You know, because if I did it, I'd get disbarred. So I think uh, these Trump lawyers, you know, should at least be made to justify, like, how how was this not a frivolous lawsuit? Because I haven't looked into the details of anything. It's possible that there could have been some kind of colorable claim there or at least a a, uh, reasonable argument that the law should be changed or something. I mean, judging by the court transcripts, which have been really funny to read, (laughs) by the way, I think you could make at least a really good prima facie case that there is not. Yeah. Because uh, they have said completely cuckoo pants things like uh, when asked if there was anyone from the Trump campaign in the room where votes were being counted, they said there were a non-zero number of people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this uh, this was in court to a judge. Yes. Oh, uh, Wes, like- judges like it when you clearly bullshit them, right? Oh, yeah, they love that, because then they get to hold you in contempt and throw you in jail. (laughs) Uh, I mean, but, like, clearly there's no real oversight here, because Rudy Giuliani still has his law license. Yeah. And he's obviously, like, not not a uh, fit to practice law. I mean, was he doing, like, insane stuff in court before this? Because, like, he was doing insane stuff, I know, but, like, it wasn't really ex officio as a lawyer, right? I mean, he was, he's was he been serving as Trump's personal lawyer for years. Yeah. And clearly giving terrible legal advice, but I, I don't know. I, I, guess, I guess there's no, there haven't been, like, any super public um, strict ethics violations until recently. Hmm. But th- these cases are almost certainly frivolous and yeah i support the uh the lawyers in them at least being made to justify why they shouldn't lose their license over it yeah and the uh guy i saw calling for this is a congressperson from new jersey so i wes i take it from what you said earlier that you don't know this guy i do not know this guy um my congressperson from new jersey is a corrupt asshole uh, and uh, I I wouldn't even vote for him, even though I'm a partisan hack. That uh, does match my model of New Jersey and Congress persons. Yeah, that matches your model of every Congress person. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> don't don't bring New Jersey into this. There's just Congress people. <laughs> I mean, 
New Jersey, my model is especially bad. But yeah, I mean, it's it's New Jersey is one of those states that's just dominated by the Democratic Party. So all the corruption takes place like within the party. Yeah. Instead of like between the parties and like in more competitive states. But it seems like the as much as some of the um, populace on the ground is is buying into this, the Republican establishment as a whole, the leadership isn't really buying Trump's uh, my election was stolen rhetoric. Yeah, they're I mean, publicly, they're being really mealy mouthed about it. But, you know, reading between the lines, everyone seems to understand that Trump lost, Biden won, and nothing about that's going to change. Uh, I'm not and I'm not super worried about, you know, what you mentioned before about Trump riling people up. Um, I mean, it sucks. And I think there there will be some violence over it. There actually has been a little bit already, but I, I'm not worried about anything large scale. Um, and as an example, Trump, you know, <laughs> they tried to organize a million MAGA march on Washington. A 15 o- fuckwit frolic. Yeah, only about <laughs> only about 10,000 people showed up. And, of course, Trump's out tweeting, oh, my God, there's a million people. I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not worried about any short term stuff. But in the long term, mm. it feels like this is just going to further deepen, not only deepen the divide, but put people further to the extremes where they think that the opposite side is you know, evil mutants that literally just want to destroy the country and laugh while it burns and uh, are going to go more and more into their bunkers and getting ready for an actual shooting war. Yeah, I I think I said this on the Bayesian Conspiracy Discord. If you're not on there, you should be. It's where I spend most of my time. Um, but the most I could see coming out of this, at least this election cycle, is some idiots use... The internet to coordinate some sort of quote-unquote insurrection or whatever, and that leads to um, some crackdown on internet freedom, which is actually probably less likely now that we have, or since it looks like we might have divided government, but uh, yeah, I, I think that the... As with most things, the response to what violence there is will be considerably worse than the violence itself. Kind of sucks on the divided government front, though, since nothing's going to get done. I mean, it means nothing (laughs) bad's going to get done, as well as nothing good getting done. So, like... (laughs) I was going to say, you and I might, you know, be hopeful that things are going to get done. I feel like David feels much better when nothing gets done. So I am not a uh, gridlock is good libertarian just because the things that reliably happen during gridlock are government gets bigger and government spends more money than it's borrowing from future generations. Also, Um, executive power expands. Yeah, so I don't necessarily think it's a good thing in general but i do think uh giving some time for the talk of court packing to settle down would probably make it worth it oh don't worry we'll pack that court in 2022 this this is not (laughs) (sighs) I, i think that is just a terrible thing in general because we've seen what the last four years of destroying the norms that the government works under has brought us all right. Well, he we'll, is not wrong. We'll maybe do we'll we'll maybe do that uh, court packing bonus episode anyway, even though it's not really a question on the table right now. 
Um, where was the real quick? Where was the Million Mega March supposed to be? Was this in Washington? Washington. Huh. Yeah. I hadn't even heard and, of yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like so, like ten thousand Proud Boys showed up and got into fights with Antifa. Seriously. And then went home. Yeah. I really wish I would have heard about that. They had to have been pretty small scale fights. Uh, yeah, I mean, nobody got killed, like, at the last one, so... I think the media is just starting to cover things responsibly now, which, like, I'm shocked to hear those words come out of my own mouth, but... You'd think a street brawl of 10,000 people, though. At least you should get some cameras going, so you can use it for stock footage and, I don't know, dystopian movies or whatever. No, I mean, it was like a street brawl between a dozen people. There were just 10,000 people around. Oh, well, that's not nearly as interesting. Yeah. And I, I only know about it because of Twitter, because everyone was, you know, wringing their hands about these, you know, terrorists in D.C. starting fights and stabbing people. Dude, a dozen guys getting in fights and stabbing each other is just a regular weekend in New Jersey. <laughs> See, why you gotta, why you gotta say that? Because <laughs> you know, I knew you know, it would Camden, bring you down. <laughs> you know, Camden has gotten a lot better since it was the murder capital of the world. <laughs> was it? It was the murder capital of the country. Oh, shit. But that was that was long, that was years ago. That was the seventies. Camden, it's Camden rising now. Nice. I mean, it was the two thousands, but two <laughs> thousands were the seventies of this century, anyway. Yeah, but like uh, a lot of state money came in. Things have been cleaned up. It was actually so they defunded um, their police. Exactly, that's what oh. I was going to say. They 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 got rid of the police department and replaced it with the uh, the county police department, um, and and drastically expanded the number of officers, which helped a lot. Which it's an it's an interesting side effect of defunding the police. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's what people mean when they talk about defunding the police. So we should hire twice as many officers. But that's what Camden did, and it it helped a lot. I reiterate that I do, in fact, have a workable plan to defund the police. So if there's any policymakers who want to actually give it a shot, uh, give me a call. It's just anarcho-capitalism, isn't it? N- no. <laughs> no, it, it's a bounty system, and then making anyone who wants to try for a bounty into a deputy police officer. All right, well, I am on my town's uh, citizen police advisory board, so uh, send it to me. Okay. Anyway, back to the news. Um, our next piece of news is that DACA is back. Yay! Huzzah! Um, this could have been happy news. But it's uh, put it, we put it up in the political news section. Um, the so if, if you'll recall, uh, DACA stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, and it is the program President Obama put in um, to tell the big tell uh, the INS or ICE or whoever's doing it these days uh, not to arrest or deport any illegal immigrants who came over as children, and Trump wanted to undo it because he was you know campaigned on hating immigrants especially illegal immigrants but not exclusively illegal immigrants and uh he tried to undo it before and the supreme court told him he couldn't because he just went about it so ham-fistedly uh that he just basically just said he didn't follow proper procedures and sent it back so then he got his the head of the department of homeland security to cancel it Um, But this came back to the court and a federal judge has said that the program was unlawfully suspended because the head of the Department of Homeland Security, Chad Wolf, was never confirmed by the Senate. So he couldn't do things like that. 
do they need to be confirmed by the Senate? Yes. Heads of federal agencies need to be confirmed by the Senate. Uh, Trump has gotten around this by just appointing acting heads. Oh, but as an acting head, he couldn't do that? That's what the court said. Interesting. Yeah. And this is I, I was kind of dismayed about this because, you know, I want, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I I I want Biden to be able to appoint whoever he wants to his cabinet and without needing Mitch McConnell say so. And unless they win those two uh, Georgia Senate seats, Mitch McConnell is now going to be in charge of whoever is in Biden's cabinet. And the court just reiterated that, yes, they do need Senate approval. Uh, so uh, that could get weird. So the, so it's good that DACA was saved, but I am not I don't love this precedent. Yeah. Seems like a mixed bag. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like I am actually with you on this one. I feel like so I I do like having some checks and balances on who can head agencies, but I don't know. I feel like the rule should be like you need a third of the Senate to approve. So like you can't just <laughs> literally appoint your cousin. You can't just go completely renegade. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go full idiocracy, but like, (laughs) um, but like, it's kind of nuts that a president's cabinet should be beholden to having a friendly Senate. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of things are beholden to having a friendly Senate, which um, the Senate used to have a lot of norms and traditions that cause them to actually be friendly even if they were an opposing party uh but those have been cocaine mitch came (laughs) along (laughs) um arguably this started in the 90s with uh newt gingrich yeah that is true but mitch kind of turned it up to 11 uh so we'll see like uh, you know and i i also favor some checks and balances but i think you know there's some agencies where the president doesn't get to appoint the head that they're they're either like a bipartisan commission or independently appointed um and i think those should be preserved but in places where the president appoints people putting it in the hands of the senate to just keep those positions vacant for the entire presidency seems insane yeah i mean honestly i'd be okay with not having a head of the department of homeland security because the department of homeland security is bad and is a senior member of the delenda est club but well and this is so i this is one of the things because i agree with you about uh wanting the federal government to to do do less um and have less power and have more of that power returned to the states but i think to do that we can't just do nothing because the federal government already has all this power and like homeland security is already terrible so if there's no head of homeland security they're just going to keep being terrible that's fair like ICE is not going to stop being the worst if there's no head of Department of Homeland Security. There'll just be no one in charge to tell them to knock it off. Yeah, that is a that is a very good point. Yeah. Is there any world where this constant Senate obstruction doesn't lead to just a decade or two from now the the executive dissolving the Senate? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're just just pulling a Caesar. Yeah, exactly. Because there comes a uh, point where it's like. It, now, I Excuse can't do anything. The me. country is dysfunctional. Excuse me, Wesley Fenza. Inyash brings up dissolving the Senate and you go to Caesar and not that Palpatine? <laughs> oh. Well, I that's mean... literally the words he used in the movie. 
And the historical figure, well, we don't know for sure, but. He, actually, he, so that was actually Jar Jar Binks yeah. that dissolved the Senate. <laughs> I mean, uh, the precedent was set by Caesar. Palpatine was just kind of rolling off on that. Yeah. Speaking of um, Unless Star you believe War, that Star spe- Wars was speaking a long of the time ago. Star Wars prequels and Newt Gingrich, have you guys heard the oh, uh, Newt Gingrich equals Newt Gunray uh, theory? I don't even no? know what Newt Gunray is. He's one of the uh, fish people who were in charge of the Confederacy. The wait, what Confederacy? The Confederacy of Independent Systems. The people with the droids in the Clone War. Oh, okay. I don't know, man. Uh, the, everything after the I thought you were trilogy, a sci-fi nerd. Everything after the original trilogy, it kind of is shit. So I never bothered to get that into it. All right, well, there goes our chance to have a brilliant crossover with the Beltway Banthas podcast. <laughs> Someone who likes the new Star Wars movies can go do that. I did not realize they were called the Confederacy. Bold choice on Lucas's part. Indeed. Yeah. Or Disney's part or whoever the fuck. It, it was Lucas. Okay. It's always Lucas. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't Lucas during the most recent... Yeah. Trilogy. It, that trilogy would have been really well served by having a single person in charge of it, because Jesus yeah, Christ, probably it true. was all over the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Anyways. I mean, I, I never thought that the prequel trilogy would look good by any sort of metric, but compared to the latest trilogy, it's actually good, and that makes me very sad for the intellectual property world of Star Wars. It's okay, uh, the Mandalorian is good. I Wes beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, so, moving on. I don't know if you've noticed, but there is a pandemic. What? It- <laughs> yeah, and it's getting much worse. How much worse is it getting, Wes? I, th- I don't think we're quite at as wor- the, the worst it's been, but we're rapidly approaching it. We're getting lockdowns all sorts of places. Yeah, I think cases, like nationally, cases peaked in April. Um, but we have all, we're almost there. And yes, yeah, certainly in, in some places, they, are, they have shot way past their, uh, their local maximum. Uh, so yeah, it's getting really bad. It's getting bad everywhere. Um, not just the United States is getting bad all over the world. Um, most notably in Europe. Um, I think the Asian countries are still doing okay. I was going to, during this section, bring up the thing uh, where the nurse was talking about the people who are denying it exists, even with their gasping, dying breaths in the ICU. And then, like, yesterday, I read a thing where this was repeated by every news outlet, which, you know, I mean, it it is legitimately shocking and feeds into all our prejudices, so why wouldn't you? But... (laughs) It was apparently extremely poorly researched and of dubious validity. There's in, in that nurse's area where she works. There's only been like 16 uh, COVID uh, cases that were admitted to the ICU, and no one else has reported that kind of thing. And you know, maybe it could have happened to to her, but um. No, no, I saw it on Twitter. It definitely happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, was, it, it seemed like an object lesson of you know, hey. Just because something feeds into all your prejudices and sounds exactly right, that's that's probably the time you most want to be skeptical and double check things. And uh, yeah, I personally failed at that. I mean, yeah, there there's, there are COVID denialists out there. Yes, 
um, but not really in huge numbers anymore. I think most people under most people admit that COVID is a real disease. They just, you know, the new conspiracies are all about what exactly it is or where it came from. Yeah. Um, I think once Trump got it, most of the right was like, oh, I guess it's actually a thing. So basically, George Soros did a great job of infecting everybody over over the autumn. Uh, no, Indeed. it's it's Bill Gates nowadays. Oh, uh, well, and I am know, still and seeing teamed up. I am still seeing a little bit of um, it's just the flu going around, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably. I mean, that was always there, but I think it's gotten worse because um, the treatment has gotten better. Yeah. So the death rates are much lower than they used to be. So it, it is actually getting to be more comparable to uh, the flu. Still not very comparable, but, uh, you know, I don't I don't know actually what the numbers are on death rates. But it used to be like 200 times as deadly as the flu, and it's it's gone way, way down. Yeah, although it is good to remember that the official count cases or case counts are probably uh really low so you know uh ifr is hard especially when you don't know who's actually sick yeah and the the other thing is that the flu is much less transmissible yes than covid if if this number of people were getting the flu every year we would treat it as a huge public health risk yeah uh you know if if one between one and two thousand people were dying per day from the flu we'd probably be taking a lot more uh drastic steps than we'd normally do um so another study came out this week uh that suggests vitamin d deficiency is a huge factor in um in people who die from covid uh we'll we'll post the link to the study in the show notes but this is just a reminder to if you're not already supplement with vitamin d yep uh, because it seems to be it, it it's really it's unclear if uh taking extra vitamin d is helpful but having a vitamin d deficiency seems very harmful i uh am in the process of turning my therapist into a rationalist i'll uh keep you updated on the project watch this space uh right. but one of the um one of the big early successes was when I told her about Zvi's blog, um, which we talked about here about vitamin D like two and a half months ago. And now all of her friends are talking about how vitamin D is really helpful and you should be <laughs> taking vitamin D. Told you so. Yep. It's one of the great things about the rationalist community. Mm-hmm. Always yep. a few months ahead, sometimes a few years ahead. Yes. As, so as we say every show, take vitamin D and read Zvi's blog. Yes, yes quite. <laughs> we all need more D. <laughs> Gotta have that D. Uh, all right, Eniash. Yes. Tell us about what is going on in Denmark. So this is something we were going to talk about last uh, episode and never quite got around to. And turns out it was probably a good thing that we didn't quite get around to it uh, because the story was still unraveling at the time. Or unfolding. I don't know what the journalistic term is. Uh, the... In, in developing develop thank you that's it in the danish country what 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 do they call their danish country denmark denmark thank you <laughs> <laughs> something is rotten in the state of that danish country 
in Denmark, they Oscar are... will be delighted. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, apparently have a really big mink industry, um, which I, I I knew the word mink existed, and they were some kind of animal because um, Minerva mink was on Animaniacs, but. All I knew about Mink really was that they're supposedly really super hot if you're a cartoon character, uh, but they're apparently like these little weasel-looking things. Kinda... Yeah, they're they're one of the snake cats. I see. I didn't know. I just <laughs> knew that they had fur, and um, they are farmed in uh, Denmark for the for their fur, and makes a large part of the GDP. I think like one one to two percent of the GDP is. Uh, yeah, I saw two percent. Yeah, is uh, Mink exports. Or, well, mink fur exports anyway. So um, this is, like, a big part of their economy. And they found COVID in mink in a form that can transfer to humans, uh, apparently. Um, and there was an initial call by their agriculture minister to call all the mink of Denmark. Like, every single one. Which, on the one hand, holy shit, good for them. Like... That is biting a huge fucking bullet to stop this COVID shit. On the other hand, that's goddamn 2% of their GDP. So there's probably got to be a really compelling reason for that. And uh, the day after we recorded the podcast, the Danish government went back on that and said, no, 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 we are not culling all the mink. And now apparently he, the agriculture minister, has resigned due to his um, call for all the mink to be culled like that. And I don't know, what what do you guys think? Was, like, he too hasty calling for all the mink to be culled? Or is he the hero that we don't deserve and now no longer have? Uh, well, the other thing in this article is uh, says that they think that the strain of COVID that was in the mink has been eradicated. Uh, so it certainly sounds like he jumped the gun a bit. Okay, if they managed to do it just with some selective culling. Yeah, yeah. no, if, uh, you know, we it's not, they could be wrong. It's true. And the threat level is very high if this is a strain that would people's current immunity wouldn't protect from and that the vaccines wouldn't protect from. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I feel like this entire debacle took place on a level of simulacrum that was not level one. Like, <laughs> I feel like the... Mm, I, I have no idea about the internal politics of Denmark, so um, I'm just talking out of my ass here. But I feel like the minister was probably not making this call for the right reasons. It definitely didn't go through for the wrong reasons. And then if this if it's right that they're that the strain of COVID's been eradicated, then like it ended but not because anyone made the right calls at any point just because our species is lucky yeah hooray for luck yeah yay you know i'd rather be lucky than good every day of the week <laughs> indeed go earth all right uh so david you wanted to yell at us about hypocrisy yeah because thanksgiving is canceled but birthday parties for Powerful people aren't, and I fucking hate this entire shit. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Gavin Newsom, who is the mayor of San Francisco, I want to say, 
Governor of California. Okay, Governor of California. Thank you. Former Mayor of San Francisco. Uh, Gavin Newsom, former Mayor of San Francisco and current Governor of California, um, decided to have a, 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 a birthday party for one of his friends inside at a fancy restaurant called the French Laundry, which is weird, but with more than 10 people. Outside of a pod, which, like, the exact number of people doesn't matter, and the number 10 isn't magical, and it's important to keep that in mind. But also, he did this while overseeing the state with by far the strictest COVID lockdown. And, for fuck's sake, eat your damn dog food. Like, this is just so symbolic of so many of the problems we have as a country with government. Like, the reason why we have a stupid fucking trade war with China is because it was a decision made by people who are so rich and powerful and have an ivory tower shoved so far up their asses that they don't care that, like, household appliances have gone up in price 50%. And, like, people who make the rules also flaunt the rules at basically every opportunity and so they don't actually have to suffer the bad consequences for the shit they do and therefore we have a garbage fire country with a garbage fire government and i fucking hate it i just want to really quickly agree with david i think leaders should set an example and um that that is not setting an example at all yeah, I mean, Gavin Newsom's job on the national stage is, like, chief COVID scold. Uh, and it's really, really incongruous for him to be having these indoor uh, events while going out and lecturing everybody about how they need to, you know, not see their family for Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. That also uh, gets, it's very stupid. That also gets to uh, my uh, bulletproof uh, how-to-fix mass incarceration solution, which is have every person who's elected to national office go to federal prison for a year after they leave office. That certainly would improve the conditions in prison. Yes. Might really encourage people to uh, just stay in their offices till till death, though. Hmm. Good point. Yeah, gotta, gotta include term limits. Yeah, I, I, I could troubleshoot that. We could always go the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy route, which, frankly, with the Trump presidency, it looks like we're already doing, where just, like, most elected officials serve most of their time from a jail cell. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, we glossed over the most important part of this story, which we were discussing pre-show, which is that the name of this restaurant is The French Laundry. Yes. Yeah, like, what the fuck? What What is that? So I... I assumed that maybe the waitstaff would be in lingerie because when you think of French laundry, that's what I think. But I guess that is not the case. Yeah, that... No, it's like a super fancy restaurant. A super fancy restaurant where everyone is in super fancy lingerie. We do not live in a timeline sensible enough for strip clubs to be super fancy. No, it doesn't have to be a strip club. It's just lingerie. I don't know. I, maybe, <laughs> maybe my idea of a fancy night out is different from other people's. Quite possibly. But, like, you can't just put the word French in front of literally any noun and have it be something that sounds appetizing. Right. Otherwise, some people think of strip clubs. Yeah. All right. Anyway, 
Uh, moving on to happy news. Uh, and the biggest piece of happy news we have this week is that two vaccines have been proven, uh, or at least in initial data, to be about 95% effective. Yes. Uh, which means that it worked. We have the vaccines. Um, Pfizer has filed for their emergency youth author- authorization. Moderna is going to be filing soon. Um, the FDA, for some reason, is waiting until December 10th to meet, uh, but it is widely uh, anticipated that the conclusion of that meeting will be the approval of both vaccines, or at least the Pfizer one. I... Uh do not know why they decided to put it off until December 10th, but I've never let not knowing something stop me from saying bad things about the <laughs> FDA. So, like, <laughs> wh- whoever's doing the scheduling, could you, like, maybe have another look at people's planners and maybe try a little bit harder to find a well, time Dave, that works for everyone for the meeting to Dave, decide Dave, whether it's or a not holiday. we can end the plague? It's a holiday weekend. But yes, there's uh, I don't, I it's possible, it's possible that they, you know, actually need that time to review the data or Pfizer needs that time to get it together or something. Um, but I haven't seen any explanations in my prior for the FDA is that everything they do is stupid and terrible. So this probably is too. Did you Did, got uh, to tell people about the coolest part of this vaccine? What's the coolest part? The fact that it's mRNA, our first mRNA vaccine. Yes. Um, do you want to explain what that is? Uh, I can read what someone who explained it to me said. All right, that's probably even better. Okay, uh, so because that person probably knows what they're talking about. Uh, maybe uh, this was from Massassin, Massassin. I don't know how to pronounce the name. I th- I think it's Massassin. Massassin. Ha. Ah, okay. Anyways, uh, so it uh, what it does is it has a instead of having an actual like a uh, dead virus in the vaccine, which is kind of a pain in the butt, both you know to kill but also because you first need to grow tons of these vaccines often they do this inside chicken eggs which is one of the reasons if you're allergic to chicken eggs you can't get some vaccines and that sucks for everybody but yeah and that's basically how all vaccines worked up until now yes but this instead of having a dead virus in it it contains a a piece of rna which uh has your body create the protein uh and it creates a protein that's very similar to the spike uh protein that covid has um, and it's modified so that it doesn't change shape when it touches the receptor, so which is a place where it often goes to get hidden. And so your body uh, says, hey, look, uh, a new thing that's bad. It's spiky. Ah, I hate spikes inside me. This is literally what your body says. You just can't hear it because it says it in a very quiet voice. Anyways, <laughs> uh, it, it, when, when these uh, molecules are detected in your body, the immune cells go into overdrive, try to fight it off. And uh, that is how you get the the immune reaction. It then has the ability to fight, you know, it has the immune cells already ready for when the actual live virus shows up. And there's a couple uh, positive things about that. Uh, Like we already counted on, there's no actual viral particles. It's a code to make a piece of it. Um, So it isn't self-propagating. And like also very importantly, we can make uh, these in, we can manufacture this RNA very quickly and rather easily. So we have a much quicker uh, turnaround time than having to grow things in chicken eggs. Yeah. So the the takeaway here is this is just especially impressive because this is not just a new vaccine. This is a whole new type of vaccine that they developed in under a year. 
I also want to point out that um, the description for how this works, which I assume is accurate, is the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard. Ah, <laughs> uh, that is just such a goddamn future thing to have happen. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the um, the other good thing about the delays in approval are that. Um, they're not gonna they're not gonna really affect the rollout that much um, because they're producing as much as they can right now and as soon as the FDA says go they're gonna start distributing them um, and the uh, the the early uh, estimates are that 20 million people should be vaccinated by the end of the year uh, so it is happening and um, the timeline looks like it will be getting widely distributed to anyone who wants it around april yeah it's a bit longer than i would have liked but it's it's i know yeah it's still my, something my so last my wife's birthday is march 20th and it was the we had a birthday party planned for her last year and we canceled it the week before uh, we were gonna have it oh. because that was when covid just started getting serious oh so she's gonna get hit were, with it again yes so we were we were really we were like really holding out hope that uh the vaccine's going to be out in time to have a birthday party, but uh, probably not. Well, uh, that just means we need to double celebrate it during the victory over COVID party. I agree. Um, so the only thing, of course, that could hold this up is uh, Mario Cuomo. Hmm. Is it Mario? It's Andrew. <laughs> yeah, it's Andrew Cuomo. Is it? Okay. What the fuck does yeah. it say Mario Cuomo? Also, Wes, leave all of this in. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm going to. Is it Mario? Is Mario the newscaster? <laughs> All I remember hearing was Cuomo, and so I thought, yeah. I thought, oh, it's the, the okay, yeah, yeah. They're they're brothers. It's not like it's not like you made up the name. Well, you should certainly be your brother's keeper, and I'm disappointed in both of them. Yes, they both <laughs> suck. Right. But Andrew Cuomo is the one who sucks the most. Yes. And uh, why don't you tell us why? Um, actually, uh, the only reason I know about this is because you uh, were complaining about it so much. Do you, do you want to do the honors? Well, I just got it from Zvi's blog, so I'm sure all of our listeners know all about it because they read Zvi's blog. <laughs> so, um, but basically, he's out there complaining that uh, yeah, you know, this is great that there's a vaccine, but actually, it's bad news because it means Trump is going to get to make the uh the dis- distribution plan and he wants to do it through like cvs and walgreens and that means it won't get to enough poor people and you know he's gonna put a he's gonna try to do what he can to put a stop to this whole plan um and so far he hasn't done anything he's just kind of going out in public and saying stupid shit but he should stop yeah he- he's saying that he would like to hold up the distribution of the vaccine because supposedly not enough poor people and minorities are going to have access to it, which the, the correct answer to that is not to hold up the distribution of the vaccine, especially since the early, the first people to get it are going to be the frontline people like nurses and doctors and other people that are facing the public. That's every single vaccine is one less person that can transmit it to anyone, including poor people. Yeah, this is uh she, I, I assume this is just political grandstanding and he's not actually going to do anything. It's probably like when Princeton said that we are super racist. Yeah. They're like, no, no, guys, I didn't mean actually racist. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah so probably probably just something. Like that. But he has, he, he says he's filing a lawsuit. 
Uh, so, you know, if nobody gets the vaccine by the end of the year, blame Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. Or don't be in New York because he's the New York guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Other happy news. Uh, a uh, study came out um, from Israel this week suggesting that we may be making progress on the the process of reversing aging which is very exciting yes um i am i am an old <laughs> and i would rather not be especially considering that our sister podcast the Bayesian conspiracy just did an entire ass episode on this indeed so you should go listen to that and uh, check out the study that we'll post in the show notes. I would also prefer not to be an old. I have my doubts about the study. Uh, apparently, the uh, the cells that they were testing on were immune cells, which naturally have a large amount of variation already. And also, like, Michael Jackson was doing this hyperbaric oxygen thing back in the day, and it didn't stop him from dying. Hmm. I mean, he was also doing a lot of other drugs, which probably didn't help. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for someone to come back with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, reverse stupidity is not intelligence. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, certainly just preliminary data needs further study as they say, but pointing in the right direction. I do like the fact that this got a lot of media attention because it kind of makes me, um, hopeful that some people are starting to pay more attention to this whole aging and what can we do about it thing. Yes. Hmm. Um, that would be great if this, you know, got us to do some kind of manhattan project for anti-aging yeah like even if this particular hyperbaric oxygen thing does nothing and is a total dead end bad p hacking whatever if it just got people interested and started more research going down this way and people talking about it 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 would have great positive effects and i am all for that hey old people with money if you're listening um you know stopping or reversing aging is plausible it's a thing that probably one day we'll have the technology for uh and you could use your great wealth to uh help that day come sooner rather than later plus you would be hotter to members of your preferred gender um even the younger ones probably members of every gender that's true yeah (laughs) but they probably don't care about the ones they don't prefer you see you say that they care yeah yeah everyone wants to look hot to everybody come on that's a good point dude that one uh yeah all right. So hopefully that works out. Uh, all right. Other piece of happy news is that Trump is finally doing something that I approve of, which is getting us out of Afghanistan. Uh, and I think this is great because, uh, you know, I think he's not actually we're not actually getting completely out. I think he's taking us from 4000 to 2000 troops. So we're still going to have troops in there um, going down to zero would be great. We're not doing that. But this is also great because Trump was uh spending the past uh like like two weeks ago just getting rid of all the military commanders and installing people loyal to him mm-hmm. which was very worrisome uh considering all the talk about stealing the election and how he won and how you know maybe we need some kind of uh somebody to do something about it uh, but it turns out that it seemingly what he was doing was putting people in charge who supported his plan to leave Afghanistan. Uh, and that's just one of the things he wants to do on the way out, which is, uh, uh, you know, a, a bit more altruistic than I expected from him. Yeah. And can we have a national conversation, please, about how this was a bridge too far for Cocaine Mitch to tolerate? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, this is the McConnell finally came out and said, "Oh, well, what is the president doing? He's this is the thing that finally I am taking issue with." Well, was it the thing that he was apparently trying to stack military generals on his side, or was it the pulling out of Afghanistan thing? No, it was Afghanistan. Oh well, fuck Mitch. Yeah, he's such a piece of shit. He really is. So let that let that be a lesson. Um, the Republican Party was not being held hostage by Trump. They could have spoken up at any time and suffered no consequences. Uh, and this is what this is what McConnell decided to do it over. Not the children in cages. Or the trade war. All right. And that takes us to troop deployments. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our three hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield every show. And we'll start with David. Yeah, so uh, I have talked at great length about my love for the public interest law firm, the Institute for Justice, and they do some podcasts which are very good, and Bound by Oath, where they do deep dives into specific aspects of the law. Uh, it's season two is starting up. They posted the half-hour-long trailer um, uh, for season two, and it is going to be about um, sovereign... or. Um, immunity laws uh, for the government, specifically focusing on qualified immunity, because that's the important one, but I think they're also going to talk about, like, historical variations, which have been less stupid. Um, Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, it's going to be a great fucking time. Um, uh, So, if you are not already subscribed to Bound by Oath, definitely check it out. I am They're, not subscribed, uh, for, and I will be after this week. Yes, their highly, um, highly bingeable first season is about the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. I learned a lot. Uh, Wes probably won't, um, because... I, I did listen to it, and it is great. Okay. Um, and... and- definitely contains some stuff that i didn't know oh really nice yeah uh yeah and also uh the they also do um the short circuit podcast which is about um recent rulings in the u.s circuit courts which is how i get all of my inside knowledge on up-and-coming legal cases um and uh, they also do one called Deep Dive with the Institute for Justice. Uh, and I can't remember the elevator pitch for that one, but it's also very good. Uh, Deep Dive is about uh, cases that the Institute for Justice is actually doing. Um, and yeah, it's really interesting. All right, David, once again, recommending podcasts that are better than ours. Yes. <laughs> and also probably... Our listenership is a strict subset of their listenership, so kind of pointless. But that's okay. All right, Eniash. I don't really have much of a troop deployment this week, aside from an excuse as to why I don't have a troop deployment. My troops are going to the afterlife of Azeroth, because the latest expansion for World of Warcraft just dropped today. So uh, I've been excited about that, and I'm going to go and, I don't know, uh, go to the afterlife, which feels weird, because I've killed a lot of people in this game. 
and it doesn't really feel like their death has any meaning since they just kept living somewhere else, but whatever. I I'll go try kill them again in the afterlife now. That is a perfectly acceptable troop deployment, and I wish more of our show was about that sort of stuff. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> well, it isn't. Yeah. By the way, sorry, I I meant to say this at the beginning, but I forgot. Uh, I'm sorry for last episode. Um, I am... It was a rough week for me, and I think for the country. Uh, so if we can all just, like forget that that happened i'd be okay with that and if this is your first episode don't bother listening to the back catalog or at least not the <laughs> episode prior to this one it wasn't good all right well my troop deployment this week is a book recommendation uh and it is why we're polarized by ezra klein which i actually just finished today um, why, we're, why We're Polarized makes a convincing case for its main thesis, that polarization has increased in our politics recently because the parties have become more sordid. There used to be conservative Democrats and liberal Republicans, but since the civil rights era, the parties have become much better sordid. So all of the liberals are in the Democratic Party and all the conservatives are Republicans. This has caused our political identities to become merged with our social identities, which makes politics an extension of the culture war to an extent that it wasn't before. And Klein also makes the point that part of what makes the system so susceptible to polarization is a familiar villain, the Republican bias in the electoral system. Uh, Democrats need to appeal to supermajorities in order to win elections, so they are much more likely to take moderate positions to appeal to as wide an audience as possible. Republicans, meanwhile, can win elections without a majority, so they aren't punished when they fail to appeal to the median voter. They end up punished more in primaries when they fail to appeal to their extremely conservative base. Consequently, the Republican Party is incentivized to be maximally obstructionist and never compromise. One way to make the country less polarized would be to change the rules so that each party actually needs to win a majority of voters to win an election. And there's also a lot more, and I highly recommend the book. Again, it's Why We're Polarized by Ezra Klein. Hmm. I gotta say, I, I have been a vocal skeptic of your uh, all the problems that have been caused by the uh, bias towards Republican in the republicans in the system but i actually now intend to read this book and uh that is the best um elevator pitch for why those biases are a problem i've ever heard and if i find his arguments convincing there's actually a pretty good chance i'll change my mind there all right excellent all right, well, that's our show for this week. Uh, remember to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're hearing us, you probably already are. But just in case you've stumbled upon our podcast, uh, you know, find us in whatever app you're on. We're on all of them. Um, if you love us or hate us, leave us a review. If you really love us, support us on Patreon, and you'll get access to our exclusive Discord channel. And uh, you'll get early access to the show, and you will... Uh, get access to all of our bonus episodes. Uh, so if you really want to hear us talking about, um, what was the bonus episode we're going to do? The Supreme, Supreme Court court, court packing, yeah. All right, court packing. If you really want to hear us talk about court packing, you know, uh, motivate us to do it by clicking that support button. Um, and we will be back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye.